ocean of waves weaving a dream like thoughts become a river stream yet may the tide ever change flowing like time to the path yours to Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 126. I am your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, recovering from concertitis, Family Master, David Burney. And over here from Japan, Michael Baker, Gaijimino Gatari, and I'm about to go get my little co-host, because she seems to be lonely in the other room. Excuse me a moment. <laughs> Seemingly playing some uh, real-life Yoshi's Island right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I will be doing the same in a few months. <laughs> Lovely. Hey, we all just start Marvel Ultimate Alliance three yet? I have, and it's glorious. Good. Good. It's, um, imagine, if you will, if Ninja Theory made an Ultimate Alliance game, and that's not who that made that. No, I'm not sorry, not Ninja Theory. Team Ninja. Imagine yes. if you would. Team Ninja made an Ultimate Alliance game, and do you have Ultimate Alliance three? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much uh, it. It's, that's good. It's what you expect, which is not really a bad that's thing. It's kind of what I wanted. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like faster, super chaotic Ultimate Alliance, and you can get a team of Spider-Men uh, very, very early on in the game. So that's great. And it's like all, all different Spider-Men, like. Multiverse stuff? Uh, Spider-Man, Miles, uh, Spider-Gwen, and Venom. Yep. Okay. There's, there's a lot. I demand Spider-Man 2099. Um, no, Spider-Ham. We need Spider-Ham. Yeah. I can, ha I can want both. Spider-Gwen <laughs> did mention Spider-Ham at some point, but I didn't... Uh, I was, like, doing something else. Or, I, I don't know what I was doing. I didn't catch what it was. But she makes some kind of joke or reference to Spider-Ham, which is great. Well, I'm going to turn on the video a moment so you, you can, she can say hi. Uh, hey. Hi. If you can see it. Yep. <laughs> a little bit. Hey. Hi. Hi. And she's going to make a face. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> and video off. Okay. She'll, she'll get sleep in a few minutes. <laughs> and so will my arm, but no well. well One of those can live. Yeah. She She's pushing seven and a half pounds now, so we're all good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, so Miles and Spider-Man are the two same two voice actors from the Spider-Man PS4 game. Good choice. Mm -hmm. Though Miles oddly seems to be trying to sound more like Miles from Spider Verse than he. I'd imagine, like the Miles PS4. in the PS4, the Miles in the PS4 game is slightly older than the usual Miles. So. Yeah, it's probably very intentional. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> other voice actors have been great so far. I haven't really recognized anyone else. Um, although I. I did peek ahead, and apparently Nolan North uh, reprises Deadpool, which he's played in other games. He's been the official Deadpool for like ten years at this point. When yeah. when it's not Ryan Reynolds, so that's that's good. Um, 
Not sure who Wolverine is, but he doesn't seem that great. It's uh, not Steve Bloom anymore? Uh, I, it might be. And I, to be honest, I also haven't used Wolverine that much, so uh, I'm going to have to switch him in at some point and see. Because he's, he's been, he's been freaking Wolverine a number of times. Yeah. Yeah, it says he's still Steve Bloom. Okay. Uh, I, overall, the game's been great so far. It seems to, it definitely feel like, feels like it lives in the current, or I honestly haven't read too many comics recently. Uh, the comic book universe of at least the recent past or present, who knows? It feels reasonably lined up with uh, what you would want, basically. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I know at one point I switched in Wolverine and some other characters, and it gave me like a new Avengers bonus, so that was sweet. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, this sounds like a game I would not understand at all because I don't think I've actually read any Marvel comic books since I was in junior high school. <laughs> it's uh, not directly. I've read I've read quite a few. Um, pages out of them that were posted into Quora answers, um, <laughs> but without very much context and with a general view of, oh man, the continuity in this universe is borked all to hell. Um, <laughs> so, well, it, to be it, fair, I think this is designed for people who've mostly watched the movies, which is why you're fighting Thanos. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of references and stuff like there were in the past games, but I mean. Hmm. I, like I said, I haven't really read too many comics, and I this it all feels like uh, nothing. Nothing is designed to be like super referential to the comics, and a lot of it is also referencing like the TV shows and movies, like Luke Cage and uh, um, well, actually Luke Cage. I'd say doesn't necessarily look like he does in TV show, but Jessica Jones does. <laughs> and you've got Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist uh, teaming up. And thankfully, Iron Fist looks and talks and acts nothing like his TV show counterpart. <laughs> That's just a wonderful. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, up next, Heroes for Hire, the game. It, it's It's been good fun so far. So far, I fought uh, Doc Ock, the Goblin, Kingpin, uh, Electra being controlled by the hand, and this is in like the first few hours. So it's just, uh, if you like Marvel stuff, it's chock full of that, and it's uh, they give you a good roster of characters very early on, so you can mix and match who you want to use. And obviously, they're going to add more later. So, uh, probably yeah. Loki is like day one DLC. No, he's not coming until August. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I imagine I'm gonna after you beat it once, it probably unlocks harder difficulties and stuff like that. So, especially you know switching up the characters and whatnot, it feels like there's gonna be lots of replayability. And uh, yeah, I'll probably be playing this game a lot. And I haven't even touched the multiplayer yet. So uh, I intend to pick it up in August. Maybe we can play some. Yeah, I uh, haven't gotten hasn't gotten the greatest reviews yet. I don't really know. I don't think they ever did. Yeah, they <laughs> they never really have. So it's uh, it's great. You know, it's a great return for the series, and it's definitely better than the La Ultimate Alliance Two, which was kind of eh. So uh, yeah, if you got a Switch, play it. <laughs> Highly recommend yeah. it. 
I will have to keep that in mind for the future. Yep. Also, need to look forward to games that can be played with a five-year-old. Looking forward to heads in, or looking forward two years into the future. So. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of what her mother thinks about me playing games with her, she be. <laughs> We're yeah. saving this argument for later in the life, I'm sure. One of those things you put off. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get my son to play it with me, but uh, tonight he just wanted to play Mario Kart. So. Yeah. On the other hand, I can at least make an excellent argument that this would be beneficial for reading comprehension. True, true. Considering the amount of, amount of random Japanese I'm able to understand now simply because of video games. Because, <laughs> I mean, when, when you sit yourself down into a Pokemon movie and you understand the entire plot, even when it includes words like space-time dysfunction <laughs> and the Book of Prophecies, yeah, it's, yeah. There are there are better ways to get vocabulary than those incredibly dull vocabulary books that they sell. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we getting some questions and whatnot. We could probably do a couple of those. Yeah. So I did get a request from. Um, just one second. Eternal U74, who wanted us to talk about, I guess, what Fire Emblem we've played, or maybe a little bit of the history of the series prior to the new game coming out this Friday. Fair, fair. I found a hole in the budget to purchase that. So. Nice. <laughs> um, so I don't know, I don't know, Mike, if you've ever played some of the Japanese-only Fire Emblems. Oh, I can't. I couldn't remember how much of the series you've actually played, if at all. Well, the thing is, at this point, I'm not sure which ones I've played that were English only or Japanese only to begin with. Um, I can't. That would imply none of the Super Nintendo ones. Um, I've. Mo- I mean, the most recent ones I've played were all the Game Boy Advance games. Uh, yeah. I one know of I've those is Japan only. One so I guess one of them was Japan only. Yeah. Um, which are, one I can th- tell you. Yeah, there are three. There are three GBA games, two of which came out in the West. Uh, which ones came out in the West? Uh, the one starring Elwood. Is that his name? Something like that. If you could give me a title, that'd be much easier. Well, the problem is that one of them got one, localized one, to one just hand. Fire Emblem. Yeah, the other one was Sacred Stones. Sacred Stones. Or something. Sacred Stones was the one that we got after Fire Emblem. Yeah. Uh, I think Sacred Fire Stones Emblem that we. The one that we got is customarily referred to as Binding Blade. Okay, never mind. Both of the ones I've played have been released in English then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because I, I would have tra- translated that as bla- um, as Sword of the Seal, but okay. Binding oh, wait, Blade. wait, wait. Binding Blade is the one that came out before the one we got. Okay. Okay, never mind. Then one of them was Japan only. Was it the one with Roy? That's the real question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you did play the Japan only one. The so, Binding Blade one is the it's one. The, it's that, the one that I got through the Ambassador program on 3DS. Oh, that's what they did. We got Sacred Stones in our Ambassador program. Oh. Uh, but yeah, the the one with the uh, freaking so like what was even better is that Binding uh, the the one that we got is just Fire Emblem is a prequel to Binding Blade, and it's just <laughs> just stars 
freaking Roy's dad, I think. <laughs> so after all these years, we've still never gotten a game. The Roy out. game never came out in English. It's so weird. The irony is that from people I've always heard from, like... American the the way I've heard it described is American fans would care significantly less about Roy if they knew how he actually acted because <laughs> <laughs> apparently he's just really boring. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I know the series history fairly well, mostly because I find the story of Shozo Kaga's departure from Nintendo to be fascinating because there's very few more acrimonious ones. Mm. Like he was company that's kind of. An out character. Yeah. yeah, like, so what sort of happens is Fire Emblem comes out in, like, 1990, and it sort of chugs along. Like, it's a pretty late NES game. It uh, it gets the weird Fire Emblem Gaiden sequel, and then, like, they start making them for Super Nintendo. Those go on for a really long time. Like, I think the last of those comes out as, like, a Satellaview-only game or something in, like, 2000. Wow. Uh like, it's a really, like, what is this doing on the SNES it, at this point? So I think that would be Thracia 776. Thracia? Uh, That's the one Thracia. I Thracia was, that one was, yeah, I, I've actually seen copies of that for sale in the stores on the download cartridge. Yeah, the download cartridge came out in 19, the download of it came out in September 1999, and there is apparently a rare cartridge version that came out I, I have seen it. Um, I've actually seen it physically in a store. Um, I asked Jooms if he wanted to do it once. He said no. He had tried it on emulator or something, and it was just really freaking hard. Yeah, that one apparently is mind-numbingly hard, and it's basically an interquel, uh for but that takes place like during Genealogy of the Holy War or something. I think but, it was like made for a like for a competition even or something. It's like con- competition hard. It's yeah, it's really really hard. I don't know the full story behind it, but like that series sort of just you know chugs along for you know a while. There's uh, there's mystery of the emblem, new mystery of the emblem, genealogy of the holy war, Thracia seven seven six, like those sort of you know chug along. But all the while, while they're making Super Nintendo games, the Nintendo is getting asked in interviews: uh, Is there a Fire Emblem sixty four in? the works you've shown like in a nintendo wars 64 so is there there must be a fire emblem and like every time that miyamoto gets posed the question he's like oh yeah definitely that's that's currently being that's currently under development but every time shoujo kaga gets posed the question oftentimes in consecutive months they'll ask like because they'll have just gotten the say so from miyamoto of like oh yeah the game's in the works so the next time they get an interview with shoujo kaga the magazine will ask him like so, uh, how's that coming along? And he's like, eh, well, uh, Fire Emblem doesn't really suit the Nintendo 64. We're currently working on this Super Nintendo game. <laughs> and that goes on for years until he leaves in, like, 2000. And oh, goes wow. on and tries to make something called Emblem Saga. Hmm. Which, uh... It well, was, I've never heard of, so yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't get released as Emblem Saga because they got uh, sued into oblivion when they announced that. Uh, so what happened was they start work on uh, Emblem Saga, which they get sued about because, I mean, seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the game has its name changed to Tear Ring Saga. And oh, okay. that one, yeah. It's just Fire Emblem. I believe it even has the weapons, the weapon triangle. It has, 
it's so very Fire Emblem that this, the lawsuit goes through, although they're only forced to pay like a relatively paltry sum over it. But basically the lawsuit is that is claiming that essentially Shozo Kaga was holding back ideas that he was coming up with at Nintendo and using them for Emblem Saga, Tear Ring Saga. But, ah, yep. Yeah, so that's where that's where the grounds for the lawsuit comes from. They they changed some more things about it uh, between announcement and actual release, but the game it sells fine. It's published. It was a PlayStation exclusive, which also says some things about where his uh, relationship with Nintendo had gone. Uh, but it's published by like Enterbrain. It, yeah, like I said, it sold a few hundred thousand copies. I think there's a fan translation of it into English now. I've never heard that it's particularly interesting, but I, I've seen it in stores. I just never actually tried it. Yeah. It's got a very strange history just for being, like, a really obviously unhappy split that is not usually this public. But, yeah, so after that, there there is a sequel to Tear Ring Saga. It's called Berwick Saga. It's for the PS2. It came out in, like, 2005. I'm not even sure if Kaga actually worked on it. But ever since then, he has had basically no game industry jobs. And the last I heard, he was making a Fire Emblem knockoff in like one of those strategy RPG makers that exists in Japan that exists to make Fire Emblem knockoffs, <laughs> which is a little, a little sad. Um, that, uh, but as for main Fire Emblem, for a bit they seem to have some confusion about what to actually do with it, and that's why it starts coming out on Game Boy. But you know, it's like I've I've always heard good things about the Radiant duology, but I've never gotten around to it. Like, I was one of the people that got lured in by Awakening. <laughs> I don't like starting maps over. <laughs> yeah. I have finally stopped, well, after, right after Awakening, I stopped. I was like, permadeath, F you. <laughs> Three Houses apparently does something interesting with it by allowing you to rewind a couple of times per map or something. So you can kind of, like, customize. If you want there to be the risk of permadeath without making it so that every unlucky roll will kill you, you have that option. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel... The, I haven't played a ton of the older games, but and I don't want to say they're unforgiving, because they certainly aren't, but it just... They are very unforgiving. Yeah. But it just, maybe it's because the characters had less personality, but it, I never really had like a problem with permadeath in what I played in the older games. It's just like, oh, I lost a unit, you know, get replaced the, with other ones, you know, whatever. Their, their characters were designed around the idea that like, there's a good chance the player is not going to keep the, like the, there's a good chance that <clears throat> these characters are going to die and you'll never hear from them again. So they're really more just like you have a, a face to tie to this character is of this archetype. Yeah. So uh, maybe with Awakening, it was just, oh, all these characters have personalities. They can have relationships with other characters. And oh, oh, whoops. <laughs> Critical role that your favorite character is dead. <laughs> yeah, like that. that's why Phoenix mode became so popular in later games. Yeah. Yeah, it's well. There's there's actually two modes at play here because there's there's casual mode, which it just makes it so that they'll come back once the battle's mm -hmm. over, and then there's Phoenix mode, which means they'll come back when the turn is over. Yeah. Okay, that one's a little extreme. But yeah, that's yeah. 
I don't know anyone who ever played in Phoenix mode. No, that's... that's... Um, JC Servant did. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I like to think it was, it was either him or Lola Whoops. One or the other, they were very happy about it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, if you if you just want those games to be a dating sim with a light veneer of strategy over it, I mean that's the mode for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can even do the, there's like it, there's really two toggles for difficulty. There's so there's casual Phoenix and traditional, and then there's like one star, two star, three star for like the battle difficulty. So you can do one yeah. star Phoenix mode and. Um, and then it's just a dating sim that occasionally takes your time to force you to yeah. roll over some dudes. <laughs> but yes, two to three star casual mode is where it's at for me <laughs> right now. It's it's really and, good to have that kind of like t- difficulty that doesn't have to be all or nothing about what you're toggling. Right. And and casual mode to me, it's really like oh. This is basically Shining Force. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's one of the interesting things when you play like when you look at and play those early Fire Emblems. It's like, oh, Shining Force with Sega looking and saying we need a game that fills this role. Yeah, it's it's super super. Like yeah, there are strategy RPGs certainly before it, but like that is very much what Shining Force is attempting to be. And it's doing a very good job. To be a genre match. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's really kind of cool about it as I'm playing some older SNES Fire Emblems we play is the way they not only obviously made it a lot simpler, but they also made it a lot more visually appealing. Yeah. They're. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I definitely think that's something that has made the newer Fire Emblem games uh, definitely take off a lot more. I think that when the strategy RPG genre emerged with things like Fire Emblem, there was the assumption that you were essentially gussying up the kind of game that someone who plays chess would want to play. Yeah. Like, not necessarily chess, but, you know, like tabletop war games, like that sort of thing. Yeah, and Warhammer so, and such. Very so you nice. were gussying up that, and the idea was like that was who you were appealing to. So the thing, the visual of the thing, didn't have to matter that much. And like what we've seen through the development of the genre is that it does matter. It's like you can draw in people who would not play that kind of game because they feel no personal connection to these war games. But if you give them that personal connection, they'll be completely drawn in by it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you see that with, you know, Fire Emblem, you see that with Shining Force, like, in by a different vector, when you're not looking at characters, you see that by, like, people who obsess over, people like myself, who obsess over the really detailed robot animations in Super Robot Wars. <laughs> and it'll be like, which ver- which one will I pick up? Well, does this one have a good series list? And it's like, you can put that kind of gameplay with a lot of different kind of visual matchups but if play but like if you want to draw in a lot of casual players you put in that visual matchup that draws them in beyond just the number grognardery yeah and i think a lot of people often assume what oh if you do things like that you're taking away from the strategy elements of the game and they really don't, don't... play fire emblem fates conquest yes <laughs> they really yeah. don't have to be mutually exclusive and yeah you can also add difficulty but, toggles. I mean, <laughs> you get grognards in any 
any field of the ge- of the genre. So pretty much. I mean, it's like any time on the old uh, on the old forums when an argument on the definition of JRPG came out, and you get Cron oh, yards for every. Oh, oh man. Yeah, that's a discussion I hope never to have. Someone's going to ask that question out of spite, and I'm going to hate them for it. Um, <laughs> and we're going to say, screw you guys, it does not matter. This is even more useless than the divine hamsters argument from Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, memories. But, yeah, it's it's interesting how much the series, like, kind of hit a slump for a while there. Like, right after it started coming out in English. I don't mean in terms of quality. But I mean in terms of, like, actual sales. Yeah, well, and mm-hmm. uh, when they hit the DS, we got... Um, Shadow Dragon. Shadow Dragon. What an ugly game. <laughs> yeah, it's... So, so I guess there was partly, a like, a, a generation jump to make, and they didn't stick the landing very well. Right, so Shadow, yeah. Shadow Dragon is a remake of... Uh, it's just of one, which is weird, yeah. because three already contains a remake of one, and guess what they made after Shadow Dragon? A remake of three. <laughs> yep, new mystery of the emblem. Yeah. So, I think Shadow Dragon bombed here, that's why we it never... It did not sell. It did yeah. not, but it didn't sell well in Japan either. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I just, like, I, I mean, I like it, but it, I just didn't get it. Like, why? It, it, like, in part, it's probably too faithful to remake of Fire Emblem One. Yeah, With all yeah, the, it is. And the, like, it's mechanically simplified. <clears throat> There's not a lot of character to it because, I mean, like they've been, like, Awakening was them really like trying to sell you characters, but they had been update. They had been rapidly increasing the amount of character that existed in each game for you know games and games and games. And Shadow Dragon doesn't really carry that forward. Yeah, I mean the 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 game on DS we didn't get is kind of like a precursor to Awakening, but it even has the like player avatar unit. Yeah, which is. Uh, sometimes insistently referred to in discussion by the Japanese name, instead of calling it the avatar, the player avatar, like, or like, uh, the 3DS Fire Emblem Awakening calls it. I've seen people insistently say, well, no, in this game, it's called my unit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what I've heard, like new mystery, the emblem was really good. It's a bit of a shame. We didn't get it. Yeah. It does. It has a fan translation. Yeah. I want to say Shadow Dragon might also... There was, like, one of them where to get certain side content, you had to deliberately let characters die. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> which, I, I want to say that was Shadow Dragon, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. And it was just... Ugh. A part of me also wonders if Fire Emblem might have had trouble on the DS because it suddenly had a lot more competition than usual. There is that possibility, because yeah. there were a lot of different developers... Some of them even moved from PlayStation to DS. Yeah. Like flight, a lot of flight plan stuff was originally PlayStation, and they did have some Game Boy stuff, but then they moved a lot of it to DS. Yeah. Yeah, like there was a lot of DS strategy RPGs to go around. And they all looked better than Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. Shadow Dragon? Oh, man. It is hard to imagine how that ended up being the art design they chose to go with. Yeah. Um, I'm just ancient. I'm just looking at other aspects from that type of game and across the genre, and 
thinking like summon night one when i played it on ds it had very very few options for develop for um like trying to increase levels outside of the main plot and the main plot mm -hmm. battles ramped up like almost exponentially so just like fire emblem yes uh you see, i mean you can definitely tell where flight plan was getting their inspirations here <laughs> but most of the flight plan strategy rpgs i've played were like that where you might have at best two optional choice battles for most of the game same two battles <laughs> you can do them but also you're torturing yourself yes which is why i never finished summon night one on the ds and um I'm, i've got a game on my computer right now it's basically it's basically fire emblem with pirates and it uh -huh. has a similar issue Oh. Yeah, so um, I'm just doing that occasionally for fun and seeing how fast I can finish the two optional levels I have unlocked. <laughs> Before moving on to the battle where I'm not quite sure how I'm supposed to win this thing because the, I've got four units on, on screen, a fifth one who will join me at a pre-scripted point, and about 25 enemies. <laughs> In three different distinct units, one of which is surrounding the fifth character. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was my reaction. I'm like, holy crap. Um, I'm it's like, I'm going to assume there at some point there is a runaway prompt, and I'm not quite sure how I am going to make it long enough to get to this prompt. Because <laughs> there's no way I'm going to be able to beat the entire group, especially not with limited... Uh, I mean, most of the characters do have healing options, but they are use-limited. So hmm. maybe three times total per battle. Mm -hmm. And of course, much like any good Fire Emblem game, the one character who can grant bonus moves to another character is currently my highest level character. Of course. Because she sees more use than anyone else and since experiences balance depending on the relative strengths of yeah and stuff yeah yeah she, she went from the lowest level character to the highest level character very fast <laughs> <laughs> one game breaking ability will do that for you it's a pretty damn great ability mm -hmm. yeah uh looking at the whole fire emblem timeline it's kind of interesting to look at how much Awakening was trying to be a piece of everything that anyone had ever liked about the franchise. <laughs> and ended up becoming a Frankenstein. Yeah, but a, a good Frankenstein. Yeah, just got just imagine call. that... Okay, keep, go keep going, I'll just go into the phone. Just, uh, just imagine a Frankenstein that is that was not a jaundiced monstrosity man, abandoned by its creator immediately. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, it was, it was interesting, like, they they knew what they had to do, because, like, it, it was, it's also interesting how candid they've been about, like, this would have, this franchise would have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were very overt after Awakening came out, that it's like, if this had, this had a goal of selling 200,000 units worldwide. <sighs> if it had failed to do that, then Fra Fire Emblem would have been taken out behind the station. <laughs> oh, jeez. And I, I don't. I want to say it sold over two million. It sold a, a lot, and then Fates, I believe, did even better. Yeah, although Fates had the the bit of a cheat behind it of being technically two games, but yeah. Sure, but I mean, 
It really is. It's, it's not like it's slightly different versions. There is. Yeah, no. Like you were getting a, you were getting two completely different campaigns. Yeah. And you know, like they really were well tailored to what kind of game you wanted. If you wanted an easier, more awakening style game, you had Birthright there. If you wanted the harder core old school Fire Emblem, you had Conquest. No, if you wanted the easier Fire Emblem, you just buy Conquest and turn the difficulty down. Throw, Listen, throw Birthright in a dumpster fire. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Birthright, but it's, it it's, is. It's fine. It's just. It's it. I it think dumps, Conquest is the more interesting game. It is, and uh, Birthright also dumps all over the the characters I like. So. <laughs> yeah, it has a Complete, Conquest kind of has the better cast. Yeah, it completely sells them out. Like, uh, let me just talk about this for a minute because I. I because you've played both. <laughs> yes, and it really frustrates me. Like, the whole the whole conceit of Fates is, oh, you know, you grew up with all these characters in the Nora Kingdom, but you were actually from Hoshido, and it, stuff happens, and you end up going back to Hoshido, and you find all this out, and your mother dies and stuff. And now you get the choice of who do you want to join. And if you join... This is my favorite part of Air Bud. <laughs> if you join... <laughs> If you join your uh, adopted siblings who you actually know and have grown up with, you know, things kind of proceed along a very, I would say, dark but interesting campaign where you have to make some pretty awful decisions. Because to... you're you're working from within an inherently corrupt kingdom, which is also not something that happens that often. Right. <laughs> Uh, whereas if you pick the other campaign, oh, suddenly all your adopted siblings want to murder you. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? Why Why would you do this exactly? <laughs> what? That, that makes... I, I had always assumed that their conceit would be that they were going to steal you back, but... That's what it should be. But no, it's like, oh, if, they, if, if we can't have you, no one can. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's... And and that's just, it. Just killed me trying to play Birthright. It's like I just played through a campaign with these characters, and they're all like, and I like them way better than you. Yeah, they're they're all, yeah, they're, you know, they're continuing to follow their orders of their corrupt father, but they're at their core very good people who are trying to do the best for their kingdom and their family, and to just. To do that to them is just unfair. Yeah, whereas if you look at it the flip side, where if you choose to join Nar and, you know, you're battling the Hushida siblings, they don't really know you. They don't so have, it, like, a pre-established attack. Right. Them, so it kind of makes sense that they would be able to put that aside and try to kill you. Yeah. So I understand what they're doing. They're trying to make, obviously, the... the they're trying to make... I guess like per the two campaigns like perfect mirrors of each other and it just doesn't work. Yeah. For one they half. seem to be what's interesting is that that idea seems to be one that they want to pursue as like a drama concept is like the idea of people who like should care about each other being forced to go to war anyway. Yeah. Because that's, that's very much what Three Houses seems to also be doing, but by all accounts from the early impressions, it seems to be doing it in a way that doesn't sell out each other as much. Yeah. So, well, And this is this is why I like the third that campaign. That sounds like Landrisser a bit. Uh, yeah, we're talking Speaking. about Fire Emblem Fates. Um, and 
this is there is the uh, revelations campaign, which I never got around to. Yeah, I have enjoyed quite a bit so far because you know you don't make either of the choice. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go over and do this thing, and all, all the siblings over are here like, right now. <laughs> all they're all very confused, and some of them think you're a traitor, and they don't really know what to think. And you have to like, and basically you prove the whole first half of the campaign is proving that you know you're still you you're still a good person and then once you get everyone on your side like both people from both kingdoms uh, then you know you go off and do the actual campaign and laying my bets right now that there will that one of the season pass dlcs for uh fire emblem three houses will be a similar style of campaign (laughs) (laughs) it could make sense but yeah, uh, I really, I really, really like this campaign. It's, and one thing I especially liked, which I think um, probably should have happened in Conquest at some point, but doesn't really like they, the 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 Nora siblings, two of them at least, recognize. Oh, our our dad has gone off the deep end. Something is seriously wrong with him, and that's ultimately what convinces them to come to your side. And seems like that kind of moment should have happened at some point in the conquest conquest campaign and it re- it doesn't really but i mean for the most part i really do like the story in conquest and you know it, it what's i think is great about it is even when you you are victorious and it's a very very bittersweet conclusion i would say and, and you know that's that's uh, what you would expect from a horrible war where you're killing your actual siblings. And yeah. It's yeah. That's it's it's the kind of story I don't usually get from these S, some from these strategy RPGs, except for Tactic Ogres, Tactics Ogre, which. Uh, it's just miserable all the way around. Yes. I, I don't I, mean that in a bad way, but no. it is a miserably unhappy series. Yes. In the <laughs> in the very beginning of Tactics Over, you have to decide, oh, should we uh, massacre this village because it'll make our enemies look bad and unite everyone to our cause? Or should we not do that because that's fucking awful? <laughs> and... Mm-hmm. You know, if you choose, well, you can't, you don't really, you can't really prevent it from happening. It happens regardless. It's just a matter of, and, and it's yeah, that game is fucked, fucked up, but in a, in a good way, really. But yeah, I love Fire Emblem Fates. I will recommend it to anyone interested in Fire Emblem. Just play Conquest and Revelation. Yes, just it's uh, such such a good game, and um, yeah. There you go. One thing I never uh, heard, maybe you can clear this up for me. Sure. Does uh, Revelation have a world map or no? Uh, no. Birthright is the oh, only so. one that has the world. It does the same thing with, with Conquest, where it's like... You've you can, got your fortress. Yeah, you've got your fortress. You can pick to go to the next chapter, or there's other optional battles or paralogs. Which Paralogs, xenologs, whatever you want to call them yeah. in any given game. I just played a ridiculous paralog today which involved uh there's those little like what the hell are they called like dragon points or whatever the hell they are um again you're asking the wrong person here (laughs) uh, i know i'm asking dave what's that do you you remember in like conquest 
in any of the Fates games, there's like points where the the character's royal blood can activate like something to happen on the map. Yeah. So in this paralogue, there's a bunch of those on the map, and basically what <laughs> activating those does is it turns off some reinforcements. And oh. they're, they're all over the map. So what you have to do is turn all those off and kill every single enemy on the map. And it's, yeah, a, yeah, for- it's a forested area, so you, movement is slow. And this this is a paralogue, so it's an optional battle, but I did it anyway, because why not? But uh, I was doing crazy things like trying to split them up, like split the party up, get to these points quickly to turn off the reinforcements, and that did not work. So ultimately, just had to keep everyone together and make like a giant circle around the map. And it's like it took me like three hours or so. <laughs> And lost about half my party. So there you go. Yeah. Like, that was one of the things that I think people underserved in Fates is that it had really, really good map and encounter design. Yes. Yes, it does. So do we have any actual questions to answer, or are we going to just be talking about Fire Emblem for the rest of this? <laughs> well, no, no, we can answer some questions. That was actually... About Fire Someone did add, ask us to just blab on about Fire Emblem for a while, so... Yeah, which is... Why we were willing to indulge that. <laughs> uh, but yes, let me pull up something from Discord. This fellow staff member, Smoking Joe 86 gave me it gave me an easy in to talk about Hearthstone forever, but I'm actually oh, no. not going to do that. <laughs> I haven't. He let's let me find the actual question. Uh, of course. <laughs> Uh, I can't find the actual uh, I can't even find the actual question here he just started he just started a giant discussion in our discord room about Cell phone That's games. fair. Okay. Do you do you have the gist of games? it? I swear I thought there's an actual question here. I've always seen RPGs. The most bang for your buck. This is oh god, I'm not gonna try and pronounce this guy's name. Rikiyami? How is it spelled? Uh, R-I-K-I-Y-A-M-E. Rikiyama? Yeah. Uh, I've always seen RPGs with most bang for your buck. You usually get longer games, lots of replay value, not always. If people still pay enough to cover costs, these games will still exist. I personally see zero pros to online. Stuff should be cheaper, but won't, so companies can make a bigger profit. This is kind of a response to our dis- the question from mm-hmm. last week about moving towards all digital. Uh, at PS2, games tried to go to $80, but they didn't sell. Tried to, again at PS3. Now you buy a game for $60 and a season pass for content they cut to sell you later. Uh, it's debatable. And Depends on the game. Yes. Uh, games are now $90 if you do the pass. Yes, if. Optional. 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 Anyway. <laughs> Games, games do become obsolete, but it's usually well after you 
you've got your $60 of play. Anthem, Fallout 76, and some others not counted. Same for consoles. It's a lot of work to get NES, SNES working since most TVs don't have RC inputs, ratios, no widescreen. I'm not sure why he's talking about this. And time has taken its toll on many of the components. Uh, here's Smoke and Joe 86 again. Some great points there. On 3370, the whole generation of gamers won't know the joy of pressing one button to play a game. What? <laughs> and this is how we got into cell phone games because JC Servant replied uh, and said, can, so, can we restart this? Because apparently my computer has bootstrapped itself up to an AI that knows only how to cut me off at the worst possible times. <laughs> Don't worry, we've just been trying to find the question. Yes. Okay, It's good, not really good. a question. So what happened in our lovely Q&A Quest Discord room is, as a response to the question we got last week where we talked about are things moving all digital, uh, Ricky Yame and some other folks were talking about kind of the value of games and whatnot, and one mm -hmm. such comment was Spoken Joe a.k.a. Joey, our staff member, was talking about a how... A friend of the podcast yes, who has been here before. <laughs> uh, he was talking about the joy of like playing a game with one button. I think he's talking about like old SNES RPGs where you're pretty much pressing like A or B. And mm -hmm. JC Servant says, so have you seen some of the cell phone games? And this is w why I thought there was a question because they were all talking about like good cell phone RPGs. So I'm going to Give me your twist. recommendations, Wheels, because I don't play any of them. I'm going to twist all this into the question, are there good cell phone-only RPGs or really good ports of RPGs to a cell phone that are worthy of people's attention? That's um, all I'm going to so I've only I've only ever reviewed two cell phone games. One of them was a port of Final Fantasy Adventure, uh, which was, which was oh, really... Yeah. It was actually a really good port, except for the fact that the ring button control on my phone made it very very difficult to do the lunge attack special attack with the sword and very very easy to actually accidentally turn it off in the middle of the game Oof. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, yeah like i i don't play cell phone rpgs partially because almost all of the ones i've ever heard of are like hey how do you feel about gambling <laughs> Uh, um, I mean, okay. I also did an impression of the the after years for Final Fantasy IV, which was much better as a serialized episodic adventure than it was as a traditional JRPG, which is why it was completely panned when it was finally released in the West. Yeah, it really did not make sense in any basically any of the forms that they released it in the West. Yeah, I mean. If you saw it as a, just like a light novel style narrative following multiple paths, that actually made a lot more sense. And it worked pretty well from the bits I played. It was just, yeah. Oh, hello. We're going to have to change our clothes again, aren't we? Yes, we are. Okay. See you shortly, Gaijin. <laughs> no, no, later, later. It wasn't that bad. Okay. up. We're just we're just trying to get her to settle down again, because she woke up after some time on the chair, and now she's cranky again. Come on. Okay, but so um, so what are some good phone games that you would recommend? I mean, because I don't even have a smartphone, so all, all the ones I've played were on actual um, flip phone. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I haven't played a ton, and the biggest problem I think is it's not as easy to like back up a save for your game. They really don't want you to for most of these games. Yeah, which is kind of annoying. Some of them have like cloud backup, uh, but I've tried to only do like RPGs on my Fire tablet because hey, it's easier to hack a uh, hack your save on and off a. Um, Android tablet. thing, not even tablet, an Android device. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean anything that's iOS is probably about as locked down as Fort Knox. But... Yeah, you pretty much have to do a backup of your entire phone and restore the backup to get your save from one phone to the other, which which is a problem. Yeah, which I did <laughs> yeah. once to keep my. I had a long running save of uh, Secret of Mana on iPhone, and I lost it like. I forgot that port happened. Yeah, I lost it transferring from one phone to another. And but yeah, that's that's a totally fine point port, by the way. Mm. Um, it, but the really one I would, the one I would definitely recommend is the world ends with you for phone or tablet. Oh yeah, solo remix. Yeah, because that game is just wonderful on like a, a phone or a tablet just absolutely fantastic the remixed soundtrack is great and you know obviously i mean if you can't play final remix that's the version to play yeah it's <laughs> it's great like i i had a hard i tried to go back to the ds version and it was very hard to do because they really upgraded the visuals a ton and i love the thematic interplay of the ds version but i understand that most people cannot deal with the way that combat works. <laughs> but yeah, I I highly recommend that. If people are looking for a version of that game to play, and I might even recommend it over the Switch version, which is a weird version, if you want to play it on TV, at least. Oh, if you want to play it on TV, like yeah. that's not a great way to play it. Like <laughs> It works well on the Switch as a handheld game. Yeah, it's, if you don't have a Switch, this plays pretty much the same because I assume it's just missing some content right yeah and it's, but, uh, it is cheaper at least but yeah. uh, let me think what else uh, Fire Emblem Heroes if you're a Fire Emblem fan is pretty fun just please I was going to make a fat joke but please okay. <laughs> don't dump tons of money into it to get Lots of heroes. Welcome please. to the slot machine, Wales. Welcome to the slot machine. Yes, I, I know. Just don't. Gotchapon is here. Don't do it. Gotchapon is here. <coughs> Just take your free summons. You'll eventually get your waifu, and you'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't spend your fucking money. God damn it. Wales is angry this week. <laughs> is anything to do with a gotcha mechanic? No. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But like that's that's the key way that most of these are monetized, which is why I'm an old man who doesn't play them. <laughs> uh, let me see what else. Uh, Dragon Quest Eight for iPhone and tablet is a quite decent port, and it has cloud save backup. It's the entire game redone in Unity for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's port, portrait mode only. Yes, it is, which is also <laughs> very strange. I think that was the like because when it came out, it was bare like it barely ran at like fifteen frames a second. I would imagine if they've been updating it that it runs fine now. Yeah. But uh, I think I think 
I think like all the Dragon Quest ports actually only run in portrait mode. Yeah. Well, I think it was also like in that case, it was force the field of view to be smaller. Yeah. But I mean, DQ8 is still an amazing, yeah. wonderful Dragon Quest game. It's still DQ8, and it's DQ8 on your phones. It's pretty it nice. doesn't have the bonuses of the 3DS version, which yeah. is a shame, but it's still a great game. Yeah, which, you know, you should have bought the... Th- Why didn't you buy the 3DS version? I did! Not you. I'm talking to you, scoundrel the listener who did not support the series. Shaking my fist well, in I... the general direction. Well, I can't solve this mystery. Can you? <laughs> I, know. I, just I, guess remember, I, sh- I just remember many years ago trying some more of the old flip phone RPGs ports, and the load times were insane because they were sending packets back and forth for some of these. So um, I actually played the Atelier Marie port for flip phones. Ooh. Don't. I mean, obviously, never, never, ever. But, <laughs> Completely impossible uh, now. Yeah. But um, I played Tengai Makyo. Um, Jiraiya, the first game of that series, mm-hmm. PC Engine port to flip phones, yep. and unfortunately they had to strip out all of the animated segments. What's even was... the point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I mean, at the base, it's a pretty good Dragon Quest clone in any case. However, it had like major um, packet loads between er- um, sections of the map. Oh. And I got a disconnect in the middle of a tr- of going from one region to another at one point, and it just deleted the save file. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was going to say, hope you saved, but apparently that wouldn't have helped you. <laughs> no, it just corrupted the save data completely. That's amazing. Oh, that's such a... Why would you... Oh, if you're making a cell phone game, you have to be willing to account for that. Why would you make it like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, it was... I mean, it was cheap, at least, and if I ever really, really want to play it, I've got other options. Yeah. I mean, I could uh, download it. I could download it on my Vita if I wanted to. Did they f- officially port that at some point? The PC Engine store on Vita. Oh yeah, uh, they did that in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, I decided that really to go against it just because I felt like downloading a bunch of Mega Man clones and things. Um, but, but in any case, I am currently in the third zone of. Um, of SteamWorld Dig, which is getting interesting. Oh, nice. nice. So now I have to deal with crushing anti-gravity blocks, which apparently fall up. Four left. <laughs> As you do. Yes. Oh, let's see how they cell phone RPGs. Uh, yeah. I'm just remembering like the real early days of like iPhone RPGs, where it's like, here's a port of Vi for the Sega CD. Why is this here? Oh, yeah. You know? Because <laughs> it's already made all of its money, and the conversion was pretty cheap just because they're trying, it's a, basically subsidizing learning how to do it. And well, the thing that was it, funny. Oh, sorry. And if they can make a little extra money off of that, sure. Well, the thing that was funny about Vi was that it came out in the US for the iPhone. But it, they had to retranslate it. They didn't use the working designs translation. Weird. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a port of Lunar Silver Star Story for iPhone. I, I think it's based on Harmony, but I'm not sure. It's just called Silver Star Touch. Yeah. But yeah. That's like, probably fine. Yeah, it looks like the Sega CD game. I, I no, sincerely doubt it's based off that sorry, one. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I mean the PlayStation game. 
Okay, that's that's the best one. So if it actually plays like that, I, I doubt it's even available on the store still. But <laughs> I'm looking at it currently on the store. Oh man! And it seems to have been Excuse updated. Excuse me. Excuse me, I might have some business. It seems to be have been updated recently as well. Uh, let me see if I can find some actual footage. Okay, Silver Star Story Touch. Oh, hey. It's Vi. Still available. As well. It's still Vi. Oh, my God. I own it. <laughs> Why? Download this. <laughs> How? Okay. How do you I not don't... realize? I don't like the font going on in Silver Star Touch, but this does appear to just be the PS1 version, which means that it's now a recommendable version. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it does use a virtual joystick. <laughs> I'll forgive it, because it's Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, which is... Oh, so good. That's very good. I need to finish that someday. Oh, it seems to also... It seems to also just be using the the uh, sound, uh, the voice sound from uh, frickin' Silver Star Story Complete, which leads me to believe that it is, in fact, using the Working Designs translation. That's sweet. So, that's so, fun. So we'll be giving some money to our good friend Vic Ireland? Uh, I, I sincerely doubt he still owns <laughs> that, but... <laughs> uh, I think I want to say that, like, working designs and, like, game arts and Studio Alex probably got into some sort of uh, legal dispute at one stage or another. Probably. Uh, I remember reading something about Studio Alex and a legal dispute, so... Studio Alex, the uh, weird, uh, like, offshoot... Uh, Oh, I think they actually got... Yeah, they, like, Studio Alex got in a lawsuit with Game Arts, which I believe they ultimately lost. Okay. Uh, and thus, they went out of business, and that's why you'll never see another Lunar game that uh, involves anyone who worked on Lunar originally. Oh. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, I mean, they didn't... If, to be fair, they aren't the ones who made Dragon Song, so, I mean... The people who made Dragon Song have a lot to answer for. <laughs> I can say, Vic Ireland has mostly disappeared from the internets since he released that Summer Night game. That's weird. Did Gaijin Works finally go out of business, or? Uh, I think their no, their website's still up. Their forums. Are still that doesn't there. mean anything. That's, that's a very fair point. <laughs> their last game that I can find in terms of what they were supposed to have released was uh, Class of Heroes Three, <laughs> but. That was slated yeah. for spring of 2018 and is apparently still not out, so <laughs> I don't think that's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. So I would have long-term concerns about the continued existence of Gaijin Works. <sighs> what a time, what a time. All right, uh... Further questions. Let's see what we got here. Here we go. Here's a question that's not a question from Shaman. That's cool. 
Not a question. Regarding the Tetris 99 physical release, it included the big block DLC that adds single-player offline modes and normally costs $9.99 US. With the year of Switch Online being $20, that's why the retail price is $29.99. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, sense. That's, that's fair. If you wanted your physical Tetris 99, that's good that you have that option. Yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, Tetris 99 is still one of the strangest things to ever be uh, released in the wake of a running craze. Like, what if we just made Tetris Battle Royale? Who could stop us? <laughs> the answer is apparently no one. <laughs> I mean, the Tetris company could have stopped them, but didn't. So. I mean, it seems to have done well for them. <laughs> yep. It was a cute idea. I've never played much of it because I'm bad at Tetris and lose immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, here's a good question from Kroll. Yeah. What are the most acclaimed RPGs you have never played but would still really like to? I have many of those to fess up to. Having I, I've played. got a ton of them too just because I very rarely play anything that was released in America if I found it after it was released in America. Um <laughs> At least uh, in the past 20 years. So, um, yeah, I, I never played any of the Suikoden's. I've missed <sighs> two of the five, of the five. Um, I still need to get around to playing Xenosaga 3. I have not touched a single Kingdom Hearts game ever, and I probably won't ever. Um, it doesn't seem like it would be a tier test. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and that's just a whole bucket of continuity I would rather not try to fit my head around. Kingdom um, Hearts, the story so far. Let... <laughs> Let me tell you about nobodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see what else. Um, um, no, I actually played those on emulation. Um, let's see what else. Um, pretty much anything that was really good and only for PlayStation Portable, GameCube, or Wii. Because I never had any of those systems. There's probably lots of stuff there. Uh, I mean, I guess the the usual suspects for GameCube would be Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, and Tales of Symphonia, though several of those have been ported since. Uh, uh, Skies of Arcadia. Skies there of Arcadia Legends. Arcadia, that's the big one. Wheels, one day I'll beat you up and make you play that. Uh, listen, I'm just waiting for a Figurative rainy day. I have to say that because it's raining right now. Figurative rainy day. <laughs> if it comes, if it ever gets an <coughs> HD remaster and comes out on Switch, I will like go to your house and sit there <laughs> until I can see that you are in the process of playing it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I also need to play through Tales of Symphonia. I think I've made it like twenty hours in. So you're saying maybe a quarter. <laughs> I don't know. Tales games are so fucking long. <laughs> so what was happening when you stopped? I don't know. They went to another... Is there like another world or some Yeah, other... that's around the first major plot thing is when you go to the second planet. <laughs> yeah, that's where I, that's about where I was. Yeah. Stuff was happening. Let's see. Um, it's at... I've played Star Ocean 1 and Star Ocean Blue Sphere, but not Star Ocean 2, so I should probably do that sometime. You should yeah. play 2. Yeah, 2 is good. Same for me. And then 3, 4, two. and 5, um, nah, no thank you. Don't, um, don't bother. <laughs> thought you liked 5. 
I do like five, but it's not a game where I would be like, you should go out and okay. play this. It's yeah, just like, that's, that's if you're a Star Ocean fan, here's another one that's pretty good. It's not amazing, but it's good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Lufia one and two, I played need to play. I've played two. I've not played one, and everything I ever heard was "Don't bother." <laughs> yeah, one was a one was gen- not exactly generic, but it was way too long for its for what it was. Yeah, I heard uh, long right and grindy. The, the, the box blurb on the back, or the blurb on the back of the box, actually said specifically that this game world is larger than others as a positive. <laughs> it's big. You can so. wander between huge maps. <laughs> So, I mean, it was a very expansive world. You just didn't have as much as to do in it as you would like. Lafia 2 is all that in a bag of chips. Uh, play that. Do not play the DS uh, remake, because the DS remake lacks all the puzzles. Ooh. Um, and if you play the Super Nintendo Lafia 2, and you actually managed to get into the room with the quote-unquote world's hardest trick, don't feel bad if you can't solve it, because the I think the... Average minimum time to solve was 108 moves. Somebody, uh, there's actually, um, there are actually videos on the internet about most difficult puzzles in video game history, and that's on the list. It's yeah, also thankfully sounds... optional. It's the only puzzle in that game I never solved. Yeah, yeah. I didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, see, I'm trying to think because, like, part of my business that I have spent a lot of spare time on is trying to fill out large holes in my knowledge. There are games that I've played that I haven't played enough of to feel like I've experienced them. A lot of the Infinity Engine games fall into this hole. <sighs> How dare you, sir? Listen, they all have bad interfaces. Um, that, that is... And, it, and it, second edition AD&D rules. Um, <laughs> everything you're saying is true. But still, it's all true. But I'm still angry. Listen, let let me tell you a story about Thacko. Oh, I already know about hitting armor class zero. There's a reason that not that like all the more all of the other D and D rule variants since then have made it so like no, you want higher armor class because that that being backwards and nothing else is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, I don't even mean that. I mean, like, they're games that are... Re- let's let's go back to Fire Island for a second. They're games that are relatively character-driven, where it's very easy to have a character die permanently by accident, by no fault of yours. Hmm. Prove me wrong, Wheels. Like the Infinity Engine games? Yeah. You should be able to revive anyone that dies. <laughs> it should. Just... It's not the same as can. Okay. It is very expensive to revive people. <laughs> True, true resurrection is very, very expensive. Yes. Uh, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it explodes the corpse. Yes. Well, that. Let me tell you about it exploding the corpse. Let me tell you about <laughs> save scumming. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't like it was hard for me to save scum with that bad interface. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna bring up other RPGs I haven't played, so I don't. So we don't have to listen to you bash. Baldur's Gate anymore, sir. Because, I was in, because this, this is the point of this question is games you still intend to play. True. Uh, <laughs> so, next one. I think that's you got one with? I think that's it. Uh, let me think. 
Path of Radiance and the other one. I Radiant Dawn? The Radiant yeah. Duology? Because I have them, and I, the only way I can justify not selling them, considering they're worth a lot of money, is if I intend to play them at some point, so I have to play them at some point. They're very expensive now. Very, so very expensive. I believe I bought them each for $20 or less, so... That's the funny thing about those games that became very expensive. Is that they usually, uh, if they had the chance to become very expensive, they were very, very cheap at some point. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, if, if, um, yeah, you, you, if you think a game will be rare at some point, you should uh, hunt it down at like GameStops and places like that, where you can check their inventory online. That's how I found my copies of. Uh, dot heck gu before i just sold them in because now they're on all on one blu-ray which is a lot better please port that game to switch that um, would be rad be so good uh oh, freaking love g uh <laughs> let's see other other games i want other prestigious games i need to play um the atelier dusk series which i keep hearing good things about but i can't seem to focus myself on a single game in that series to complete. So, I I I, I don't know. I need to do that at some point, though. What else do we got? Um, Dragon Quest Five. Oh yeah, you need to. You freaking need to play that. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. Yeah. I I need to see the movie in two weeks. Oh, that's oh yeah, tell me how your story ends up being, because it looks neat. It's not the art, I like, I would have preferred a 2D animated Toriyama-style thing, but I mean, as far as 3D animated, it looks very nice, so... Tell me how that turns out. Yep. I guess those are all the big ones on my list, though. I think most of the other ones would not necessarily be considered a critical darling, so... Leave it there. Uh, you guys have any other ones? Uh, the, the Infinity Engine was the big ones I was thinking of. I've filled out almost every major hole that I can think of. Uh, I've still never finished Mother 3, but I've played like four chapters into it. Oh, so yeah. It doesn't feel quite right. That's another one. Guess I should play Breath of Fire four at some point. Guess. Yeah, I played Breath of Fire two. I've played some of Breath of Fire one and some of Breath of Fire three, and maybe an hour or four before sort of setting it down. Uh, maybe I'll play it eventually. I keep promising I'll play some of them. So one day. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I've never finished Mario RPG: Legend of the Seven Stars. Really? really? Wow. Yeah. That was pretty easy. I didn't own it. I only had it I only uh-huh. rented it as a child. Oh, uh, okay. Never mind. So in other words, the same reason why I never actually finished Ogre Battle Person of Lordly Caliber. Yeah. You get <laughs> those rentals. It was being played on it was being played on my college roommates Nintendo sixty four with a um, with a cartridge rented from the local blockbuster. So Okay. Are we still here? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey guys, please don't go quiet for more than five seconds. It sorry, freaks me out. Sorry. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> uh, trying to think of any other ones. Um, can't really think of anything. Just gonna do a quick scroll through Discord to see if we had any other questions or anything like that. Ooh. Ah, see, seeing someone randomly mentioned the Valkyrie Profile mobile port, I need to play Valkyrie Profile at some point. The first yeah, one, yes, you definitely. Yeah. You haven't? Nope. Never and played that, the original. I have not played more than like an hour of the PSP port. Go back and play it. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's try and, Ace, and I'm sure. I'll the DS game. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, I think we're out of questions. You guys been playing anything else interesting this past? Uh, I was gonna say week, Robot but Wars T. We just recorded. Um, so I I started up Shadows of Adam after oh, nice. uh, seeing some stuff on Twitter and actually got a comment back from the developer on Twitter when I'm comment when I said something like how the sprites reminded me of Romancing Saga Two. Oh, nice. Apparently, I'm the only person to ever make that observation, but then I posted up a sprite sheet from Romancing Saga 2 and that thread, and he was like, oh, wow, cool, yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've played a bit of that game. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of uh, Mystic Quest. Yeah, it's it's definitely got some Mystic Quest in its DNA, some Lufia, a lot of Final Fantasies 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I hope hopefully uh, it continues on. Uh, I think we we got a review of it. I can't remember what the score was, but I know it wasn't it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like a three point five. Um, apparently, I'm gonna have to play Final Fantasy fourteen some more at some point because uh, the things people have been saying about the new expansion, I don't think. I've ever heard anyone say about any MMO expansion ever. Like, maybe it's just hyperbole, but people mm -hmm. are talking up that expansion like crazy. So I guess I'm going to have to play. And it requires you to play through all the other expansion content, so uh, I'm going to have to find some time to start digging into that at some point. But it sounds mm. crazy good, so... Uh, but yeah, if, if you couldn't tell from me blabbing on about Fire Emblem Fates earlier on, I have been playing a ton of Fire Emblem Fates, trying to finish up the third campaign before Three Houses com comes out. So yeah, I get near the end of that. And I keep forgetting that there was a Fire Emblem game that came out to 3DS after that that I have n don't think I have actually turned on at all. Hmm. Uh, what the hell was it called again? It's another remake. Um, Fire Emblem, what the hell? Fire Emblem Echoes something. Echoes sounds about right. Fire Emblem Echoes. Shadows of Valencia. Yeah, that's the Gaiden remake. What about it? <laughs> I have not turned it on at all. <laughs> you own it and have never played it. Correct. I think it came out, I bought it, I was still playing some Fates, and it's was like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, I'll play this at some point. 
Yeah. When did Fates come out? Fates came, I don't think Fates came out in 2005. Wait, what? I'm just trying to see how far apart they were. So they were about two years apart. Yeah, I yeah. no idea why I didn't never fired up. Uh, it was it was a kind of one of those points. It was announced at a time where people kind of weren't paying much attention to the 3DS, which I think probably contributed to that. <laughs> okay. okay. It looked interesting. I mean, Gaiden's yeah. still a very weird Fire Emblem game. Uh, I'm gonna have to play this at some point. It's got dungeons. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But... It's different at yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. For other stuff, I've just been randomly posting game reviews on Twitter for JRPG July. Nice. Very randomly. I'm up to like 40 in the, <laughs> this month. Um, and just like I took my entire list off of the old site and started rolling dice. <laughs> like, okay, dice. Let's go to the dice roll side. Okay. Let's say 1D109. Okay, let's go. Roll. 50 times. Hmm. Yeah. So I need to do that again. Just the the last one was Nino Cooney. That's so right. Just I just saw roll. that today. You're... Let's just roll. Ding, 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 ding. Number 53. Let's look down the list. Metal Max 2 Kai. This will mm. be the fourth Metal Max game on this lit on this thing. Wow. Okay. What score did you give that? I give it like a three or three and a half. I can't remember. Let's let's find the list. Metal Max to Kai. Three. Gave it a three. Fun game. Um, lots of good stuff, but some issues with just very antiquated game design. Like the fact that you couldn't use items on other people in battle. Which is a bit of an issue. <laughs> um, so it's like, okay, you can only use healing items on yourself. Well, how are you supposed to use the resurrection item in battle? The answer is you don't. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. The, re the remake I gave a four point four and a half. So, <laughs> actually, no, I gave the remake a four. Sorry, a four, and then Metal Max three and four both got four and a halves. Oh. Nino Kuni, yeah. I know you gave a five. It's the only one I ever gave yeah. a five to. And this is the DS version, not. The PS. Yeah, rather the White Witch. Yeah, um, yeah. If you want to, if you ever want to go back to the backtrack we did for Nino Kuni, and I go into very great levels of detail on exactly how much they took out of the second and third acts of the game in order to make room for the shoehorned White Witch content in the story. Oh. Yeah, it's like there are one, two, three, at least four places that no longer exist on the map. Wow. Wow. They went to a lot of trouble to give us a worse product. <laughs> oh, only one of these places, I mean, one of these places was actually swapped out with the fairy kingdom. Mm -hmm. And then another one was canonically existing in the game. However, it got blown to pieces 10 years previously hmm. in the PS3 version. You actually visit it in the DS version. Interesting. And things like the, the 
the skeleton pirate captain actually having a story pl- um, plot arc attached to him, things like that. Um, yeah, there was there was just a lot of stuff that was stripped out of the story for not much added in. Oh, I do oh, have. I do. Sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, yes, you do have one. Uh, I, I found one more question that got sent to me over Skype by our good friend Eric, who uh, is asking. There's a specific disqualification in this question, and you'll know why when you hear what the question is. That's a Q&A. What weird non-Metal Max stuff have you seen in an RPG? Also, non-Moon Remix RPG adventure. Well, we haven't really talked about Moon much, so I don't know why he's excluding that. But I think uh, it's mostly just because it's infamously weird. But Well, I mean, it's infamously weird in the fact that it's more missed than RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, something that was really weird in an RPG. Okay. Uh, Hamatora, look at Smoking World for 3DS, the game where your level-up mechanic is based around smoothies. <laughs> because because the company actually got a licensing, like, um, not licensing, um, product placement deal with a smoothie company in Kobe, Japan, where the game is set. And so it's an actual shop in near, um, in the shopping arcade near the Kobe Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, in order to level up stats, you have to bring various ingredients and ha- pay to have them turned into a smoothie for you. That's an interesting concept, if a bit cravenly uh, marketed. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was another one? Um, Nightmare Project Yakata, which was based off of a series of mystery novels. I'm into it. <laughs> murder mystery novels. Except that all of these mur- murder mystery novels are actually the backstory for each of the locations you visit in the game, and the game itself is Lovecrafty and horror. That's actually really cool sounding. <laughs> yes. Um, it also has a battle system where your characters are all standing on a hexagon grid with the monsters in the middle of the grid, and actually rotating your way around the battlefield is a major tactic. So, um, d- so enemy positions can actually block you from moving one way or another at times. Hmm. Um, what else? Um, something. Okay, let's see what else is here. Um, da, 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 da. Monster Tactics. Uh, Kakarimbo battled Monster Tactics for the Game Boy Color, which was basically hide and seek in a dark dungeon with monsters. Hmm. It was also a squad based tactical game. Very good. Um,. Purumui, Purumui, which is Legend of Zelda meets a boy in his blob. Oh, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it could have been. I wish it were better. Yeah, it's uh, a good idea. Yeah. Seven, the Mulmorth Cavalry. Oh, boy. Um, this one, it was as much puzzle game as it was tactical, sort mm. of, where you arranged your squad... Um, in certain formations on a three-tier or three-line grid. It's like you had like eight people in 12 spots that you could fit in, depending on sizes. And you had to choose to manually rotate the grid like um, backwards, like first row to second row, third row to first row. Every um, whether You had to decide whether or not to do that every round because the different units' actions would vary depending on which row they were on. And healing was only possible on the back row. And the monsters had specific attack patterns that you were informed of in advance. 
So you had to, um, so if you wanted to survive, you had to have certain characters on the front row at specific points, or else you might get destroyed. Let's see. Sigma Harmonics, that one was partly music-based, um, mystery adventure RPG. It played like a visual novel with strange RPG battles, and it was held, and you had to hold the DS sideways. Hmm. Literally book, sideways. Those book DS games are always kind of interesting. Yeah, I've, I've got one other, Sword World 2.0, that I need to finish sometime. Um, I remember Hotel so, Dusk was like that as well. Yeah, it was mostly the visual novels that did it, but it was this was yeah. one of the few RPGs and slash visual novels I've seen like that. Mm -hmm. um, the Ayers, that one was a flight sim, mostly. Hmm. Um, Tactic Slayer, that was a fairly... Uh, what's right right here? Um, bare Bones tactical RPG that had... Um, I mean, it sort of had Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced... Um, learn stuff through clothing thing, except it was all cosplay based. It also had hmm. all of the abilities as individualized items, so you couldn't actually put all of the healing abilities on one person. <laughs> which was a bit of anno an annoyance. Um, the Tozan RPG, which was which used a engine that was very similar to Ogre Battle at its base, but it was all about mountain climbing. Huh. Um, Zetai Ondan Otoda Master, which was Pokemon, but it used the you had to use the DS microphone to catch monsters because it was literally um, personified sounds were all the monsters. So your starting party was the a dragon that was created from a rock and roll CD, the sound of your alarm clock, and a burp. Hmm. Literally a burp was your first first monster. Um, Samurai Evolution was another Pokemon-style monster collection thing, except you had an artifact that converted monsters and people into weapons for you to use. And each weapon had its own HP meter. Also, the first game I ever played where if you beat the final boss in the wrong way, it caused a um, Schwarzschild radius to de devour the Earth. It was fun. Um, Linda Cube. The inevitable. Everything the about inevitable. that game. Everything about that game. Okay. Um, what else we have here? Dungeons and Dam. Real-time strategy, dungeon delving, crossed with a bit of tower defense on the off rounds, and it allowed you to flood the dungeon. Hopefully you made sure that your party was out of the way before you did this, but oh, that wasn't oh. necessary. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else here? Choco Vaders. It was based entirely on collectible trading cards and chocolate. Listen, sometimes you're hungry, and sometimes you also no, want to play I mean, a game. I mean, the game itself was based on a series of collectible trading cards that Namco was selling with shaped chocolates and the cards were literal um the cards were for literally every alien visitation in the last hundred years supposedly <laughs> documented and what they turned it into was it looked like a cross between battleman oh it's a rockman oh sorry mega man battle network and pokemon sort of 
Except you didn't actually catch any of the aliens. They just joined you at specific points. Hmm. Yeah. And you could even recruit a man in black at one point. Or using a specific code. Um, let's see. I've got all sorts of weird stuff here. Shall I keep going? Oh, you could. Extetra. What? Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> That's the one where in order to activate um, non-main character super abilities, you had to do a mini game that was a very awkward kiss. Huh. Um, and no, not all of the party members were female. Oh. And, <laughs> and yes, you could toggle the minigame on or off if you did not want to play it. And yes, you could specifically toggle it for just turn it off for men or just turn it off for women. <laughs> just, just, you know, uh... Customize it to your liking. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we do not kink shame in this genre. No. Okay. Uh, Kurikin. The mate. The uh, it's like Pokemon, except everything is actually a microbe, and the battles are performed on petri dishes, and they're real time strategy games, and it's not really like Pokemon at all. Um, yeah. I have some really weird stuff on my review list. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of just strange stuff that we just didn't sort of get, and that inevitably always bubbles up when this uh, subject comes up. Yes, I have a lot of weird stuff that never made it anywhere. Um, let's see. Um, Blue Forest Story. Huh. Um, one, uh, let's see, it was an early PlayStation RPG, uh, all sprite graphics. One of the few cases, that, one of the few examples I can think of partial frontal nudity in a PlayStation game huh. on two very different occasions. Huh. I mean, the first one was your standard accidentally surprise the girls in the hot spring sort of scene. And the other one was the penultimate boss who was a man and who morphed into a demonic entity by having six extremely large mammaries burst out of his chest, and those were actually the body. It was like it was his head and a string of six breasts and a spinal cord. Oh, that's unsettling. <laughs> yeah, um, so some of the early PlayStation stuff was really bizarre too. Um, Beyond the Labyrinth for having an uh. incredibly simple-looking, looking. looking rock, paper, scissors style of combat that was very, very deep once you got into it. <laughs> also, props for having one of, probably having the best 3D rendered person in the system's history. Yeah. Better than a lot of PlayStation games. PlayStation 3 games. Ah. <laughs> uh. Which is only possible because there was only one human character in the entire game. If only we could have gotten this game. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they're starting to remake 3DS stuff onto Switch and stuff. You might see it sometime. You're just hoping. Yeah. Slime Mori Mori Dragon Quest. Uh, well, we got one of those. <laughs> yeah, we got the best one. Yeah. 
I mean, the first one was cute, but it's really short and simple. And the third one was, um, like, dudes, why did you take out this part? That why did you take out the, some of the stuff that was actually good? Um, <laughs> I can just keep going and going and going. Yeah, and we should probably going. not let you go too far, or we'll die. <laughs> and going and going and going. So, guys, if you really want to see more, just like me, um, just uh, find me on Twitter, Michael Yarimizu, M A I K E L Y A R I M I Z U, and um, and so I've got forty listed in the past month so far. I need to put up number forty-one soon, as soon as I can put down daughter again and shake my arm out of its pins and needles. Um, yes, I'm talking to you, you sleepy little thing. Okay, so um, yeah, and keep on going. Um, anything else? Anything else? Yeah, I've just played a lot of weird games in my time. <laughs> a lot of weird games. I do note that he didn't specify Saga in his question. Did not? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> well, then let me, let me say for one thing, just in the remake of Saga 2, which allows you to make combo attacks, and the combo attacks can actually have a chance of doing special versions of the attack that you're trying to do. So that when you do, when you hit a four-character combo and the last character is using the glass sword, and it turns into the Romancing Saga 2 and 3 technique final strike, and woo, wow, yeah, First time I ever saw max damage in that game. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> or the the uh, clarification on what exactly the hyper cannon was. Because <laughs> if you played Final Fantasy Legend 2, um, and if you use the hyper cannon, it's a three-use item, and it just has little these little balls are supposed to be like streams of light going across the screen, and then just stuff disappears. And in the DS game. When you use it, the character holds up a big red button and presses it, and then the camera just pans straight up. And then you are treated to a view of a orbital satellite, a la Akira. And it's actually, the actual Japanese name is Wave Motion Cannon. Mm. And you can kill up to 50 enemies at once with this thing. Hmm. That's fun. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for letting me just go on a massive ramble streak now. I, I feel like mo like me and Wheels get the chance to do that a lot more often, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally fine. Let's see. Um, Nino Kuni, The Another World, the only, I mean, the first game I played since the mid-90s where you actually had to look at a physical manual book <laughs> in order to solve puzzles. And not just a physical manual book like the one that came with Space Quest Four, where it was like a 30-page magazine. No, an actual <coughs> hard-bound book. Yeah. It's a pretty big which book. Was part game, which was part game info guide and part in-character world-building. With a secret cipher and a connect-the-dots puzzle and about 30 to 50 pages of short story fantasy 
that has absolutely nothing to do with the game itself, but it just provides background. Hmm. It's a wonderful book. I wish I had. Yes, it. it is. I wish I had one of the rare English copies. Oh, it's cool in Japanese too. It's like, woo. Okay. But yeah, um, you don't real you don't normally see games with any form of realia that is not like electronical uh, electronic peripheral to the actual game machine. So this is cool. I did get something a little similar with Item Getter because I got the special edition for really cheap. But it was, that was mainly just a guide to the runes in that game. Hmm. Yeah. I need to play. Well, the speaking game. of books, speaking of books, wheels, doing any reading recently? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I had to do the bulk of the driving this weekend, so mm -hmm. not, no reading yet. Hopefully. Very soon. Yeah. Well, it's what, almost 1.30 a.m. your time? Yes. I, you know, yeah, I, we should probably close the book. I'm losing, <laughs> yeah. losing consciousness. So. Good you sounded like it. We should probably close the show as well. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, so you can send us questions in various places. Twitter, uh, Discord, email. You're not going to email me. Put uh, them on. You can put the them comments. in the comments section. If you want to put them on the Discord, maybe at me and or wheel so that we can keep track of what is being asked of the yes. question. That's always handy. And, you know, we totally, it's totally fine for people to discuss stuff there. I love seeing that. Just, yeah, if you want to leave us a question. Yeah, like, it, the since, there, since there can be discussion in there, just at us when you have a question yeah. and that'll make it easy. Yeah. And yeah. You can, we should maybe pin a message of that in the yeah. Discord. You can, uh, because, like, there's been over 50 messages since we recorded last Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's about it. Uh, see ya, Space Cowboys. Yeah. See, see ya. See ya. Is yesterday's message. A clapped out, distracted regime whose failings undoubtedly presage the need for a different dream. Yes, Leonine times are a changing. Which means that hyenas must too. My vision is clear and wide-ranging.